One of the strongest hurricanes to ever hit the United States. And President Trump doesn't stop campaigning. Plus, U.S. lawmakers ramp up pressure on the White House over a missing Saudi journalist. And Kanye West holds court in the Oval Office. Just another week in Washington. This is the State of America. And as a hurricane batters the southeast, President Trump decides against canceling his campaign rally in Pennsylvania. It's like a big tornado, a massive tornado. We have just now flown over Mexico Beach and it's gone. It's obliterated. There are new developments in the story that we've been covering, the disappearance of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi. A bone saw. Why you would need that in a consulate, one does not know. Turkish authorities have audio and visual evidence proving that Khashoggi was killed. First, I want to find out what happened, and we're looking. There's no question the Saudi government did this, and my instincts say that they murdered him. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America. It is one of the few guaranteed tests that face every American president when natural disaster strikes. How do you respond? Case in point, no one will ever forget President George W. Bush's response to Hurricane Katrina in 2005. So what will Americans then remember about President Trump's response to Hurricane Michael in 2018? The storm ravaged the Florida panhandle along the Gulf of Mexico, killing people across multiple states. It is the most powerful storm to hit the continental U.S. since Hurricane Andrew more than two decades ago. This was a shocking scene from Mexico Beach, Florida, the beach town that officials are calling ground zero for the storm. Residents are now calling it a war zone rather than their home. It feels like a nightmare. Somebody needs to come and shake you up and wake you up. Uh, And looking at the pictures, I'm thinking there's not a house left in that town. We're only like three miles by two miles. We had furniture in our house that wasn't even our furniture. That's what had, the surge had brought stuff in so bad. It's like the walls collapsed and everything and stuff. And so, like you said, the only thing I could find of ours was my briefcase. It's hard to grasp. I mean, where do we start now? I mean, what do we do? I mean, there's, there's nothing left here. Yeah. When a storm like Michael is bearing down, one of the fortunate byproducts, I guess you can say, is that politics is set aside, at least for a while, at least for a moment. The Florida governor, he's running for Senate, actually. He suspended his campaign as the warnings of Michael started to come in. The mayor of one of the cities in the bullseye of the storm, he's running for governor of the state. He did the same. He suspended. The president, though, he did not. The same night that parts of Florida were being ripped apart by 155 mile an hour winds, President Trump appeared at a campaign rally in Pennsylvania. I need you to show up at the polls to continue this incredible movement like the country has never seen before, like probably very few countries, frankly, have ever seen before. The only reason to vote Democrat is if you are tired of winning, then you should vote Democrat. That was the president that night. He defended his decision to continue on with that campaign rally even before he got there, tweeting this out. Departing the White House for Erie, Pennsylvania, I cannot disappoint the thousands of people that are there and the thousands that are going. I look forward to seeing everyone this evening. 
The people that definitely weren't seeing that evening, he wasn't seeing that evening, and they weren't seeing much of anything, or the hundreds of thousands who were in the path of the storm as the Hurricane Michael roared ashore. Some of the hardest-hit towns, they are still largely cut off. Roads still impassable. Power still out, and communication still spotty at best. And because of that, there's still no real sense of the size and scope of this disaster. But the president says now help is on the way. FEMA has gotten rave reviews. The first responders, law enforcement, everybody's gotten rave reviews. Uh, We have unbelievable large amounts of water and food and everything that people can want. But Hurricane Michael is not the only test, the only critical test for President Trump right now. The other bringing with it fallout far beyond the U.S. borders. The disappearance of Washington Post writer Jamal Khashoggi, the well-known Saudi journalist, was last seen on October 2nd outside the the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. That's more than a week ago. Now, Turkey says it has audio and video evidence that proves Khashoggi was killed inside that consulate. It depicts uh, a very brutal struggle within the consulate. Jamal Khashoggi appears to be uh, overpowered. Uh, At the end of this brutal struggle, we understand it's very clear that he is killed. And to that, sources tell, and add to that, that sources tell CNN, American intelligence intercepts indicate that the Saudis were earlier discussing plans to lure Khashoggi back to Saudi Arabia to detain him. It's really unclear when these intercepts were from. Uh, We believe it was from um, sometime in the last month or two, uh, because Jamal Khashoggi has been increasingly vocal in his criticism of the government. He did know that the Saudis were very concerned about his criticism. Um, They had reached out to him over the last year or so. Um, But it's really since September uh, when Khashoggi started writing for The Washington Post that was translated into Arabic that this was seen as more of a problem for the regime. That said, Saudi Arabia denies any involvement in anything. They actually say at one point they said that he was seen leaving that consulate alive. So what is the White House doing about this? Here was the president's initial reaction earlier this week. Mr. President, have you spoken to the Saudis about the missing Washington Post columnist? I have not. No, I haven't. But I will be at some point. What do you know at this point? I know nothing right now. I know what everybody else does. Nothing. But the pressure started mounting, in part from top U.S. lawmakers, both Democrat and Republican. They'll be under intense pressure to, if they find that they were involved in this, the killing of an American citizen, to uh, sanction heavily even the highest officials uh, within the regime. My instincts uh, say that uh, uh, there's no question the Saudi government uh, did this, and my instincts say that they murdered him. And with that, the president's tone changed. Well, we're looking at it very, very seriously. I don't like it at all. Now, you know, you don't have American citizens, but that in this case doesn't matter. I don't like it. I don't like it with respect to reporters. It's a terrible, terrible precedent. We can't let it happen. And we're being very tough. And we have investigators over there. And we're working with Turkey. And frankly, we're working with Saudi Arabia. We want to find out what happened. One quick point there. Turkish diplomatic sources say that is not true. There aren't any U.S. investigators over there now. And with each passing day, the likely outcome looks more 
and more grim for Jamal Khashoggi's family, for sure, and even for U.S.-Saudi relations going forward. So the question still remains, what is the president's next move? Is this a game changer? What does it mean for the world? Let's get over to the White House right now. CNN Sarah Westwood is there. Sarah, this is a very serious situation, but it's also a relationship that President Trump has gone to great lengths to cultivate. His first trip abroad, it wasn't to Mexico or Canada, which is typical for an American president. It was to Saudi Arabia. What are you hearing there today? Well, Kate, the Trump administration is going to great lengths to avoid confronting the mounting evidence that we've seen emerge that the Saudi Arabian royal family may have been involved in ordering this attack on Khashoggi. The Trump administration is still planning on sending Treasury Secretary Steve Nuchin to a conference in Riyadh that will be attended by the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, even though many private sectors here in the U.S. have pulled out of attending that event uh, at a protest of that event that the Saudi Arabians are accused of having participated in. The Trump-Saudi relationship has come under increasing scrutiny lately due to the fact that Saudi Arabia was perhaps, according to critics, emboldened by the Trump administration's support to conduct itself in increasingly controversial ways, including leading a coalition in Yemen that just three months ago was accused of shooting a busload of children in an airstrike. Now, the Trump administration has used Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, as one of the top go-betweens to Crown Prince Bin Salman. It was Kushner who has pushed to elevate Bin Salman as a key point of contact in the Middle East, and the Trump administration has aligned its entire Middle East strategy around this relationship with Saudi Arabia that has been so important to President Trump. He's not coming from a place of credibility when it comes to calling out human rights abuses. He's missed chances to do so when he was in Saudi Arabia, as you mentioned. When he went to China, he declined to, to call out the human rights abuses of the Xi Jinping regime. So President Trump right now not coming from a place of goodwill, and he's facing a lot of pressure from Capitol Hill to take action, Kate. Sarah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Coming up for us, President Trump famously told Saudi Arabia in 2017, we are not here to lecture. But with a U.S. resident and journalist now missing, is the president ready to stand up and say anything? The panel is here next. Saudi Arabia was the first country Donald Trump visited as president. His son-in-law has a very close relationship with its ruler. But does any of that matter if a Washington Post contributor was murdered inside the Saudi consulate in Turkey? What is at stake here? The panel with me tonight. Karine Jean-Pierre, she's a former Obama administration official and senior advisor for MoveOn.org. Rob Astorino is a CNN political commentator and member of President Trump's 2020 re-election advisory committee. Essie Cup is the host of CNN's Essie Cup Unfiltered. And Harry Enten is a senior writer and analyst for CNN Politics. Guys, thank you so much for coming in. Essie, at the moment, I waver on this. So you tell me what you think. Is the Trump administration doing enough right now when it comes to trying to figure out an answer to what has happened to Khashoggi? Well, the Trump administration, as far as we know, through that press presser with Heather Nauert at, yep. at the State Department, through what Trump says, hasn't done anything yet. They are waiting. They are assessing, as they should. They should uh, investigate. They're listening to Congress. Look, Trump is not the first president 
to acknowledge that our relationship with Saudi Arabia is complicated and we get a lot from them. He's just the first to be so candid and naked sort of about our calculus there. We cannot afford to lose our credibility uh, as a democracy by doing nothing, though. We can't right. ignore it. We can't tolerate it. We can't permit it. Right. So what Congress needs to do, and I believe that they will, is pressure the White House to, to take the strongest possible response that does not jeopardize a very important relationship in a very problematic region of the world. I do wonder if there is the if it's possible to thread that needle, though. And I, I don't and I don't think anyone knows the answer to that yet, because we don't. There are a couple steps that need to that need to come before that. But one thing that I was surprised by is why at this point, a president who always says he never wants to let anybody know where he's going to go at any one time. Why the president at this point is already taking things off the table in terms of a response if we don't really know if he wants to say we don't know what's happened. He's already saying he wants to take off canceling the, the massive arms deal with Saudi Arabia. Take that off the table. And I wonder why. I think the reality is, and he, he hit it with his honesty, as he said, the reality is what? We're not going to do military action against Saudi Arabia. We're not going to do major economic sanctions against Saudi Arabia. Are and, you sure about that, though? Well, but I think what he said with, with the over $100 billion in arms sales, that is, let's just get down to it, that is a lot of jobs, a lot of money in our economy. And right, but, is on, this the, our, but on the balance, right? Are the, are but the, is this the United States' problem? Let's, let's get, be real candid here. Is it solely the United States' can't, uh, problem? He's not, a, he's not an American citizen. It happened in a foreign country. I mean... But he's a U.S. resident. He's a U.S. resident, but also you've got journalists jailed and, and, protections and, apply and to killed US residents as well. all over the world all the time. I think it's a, it's a very delicate situation, but the options are pretty limited. But I do so think things are happening you're, back channel. You're, you're, you would be okay with, the, if this all goes the way, well, the grim way that it looks like it's going, it, if, if you take the most extreme case that this, he was murdered, he was dismembered, he was in the Saudi consulate, and they're lying about it, you are okay if the United States has no response? No, I think there has to be some, but it has to be very measured. And I don't think we should be... Why? Because there's a lot at stake here for the United States economically. And, yeah, it's, and it's not just jobs. And I, I, that is I a reality. I think this is a jobs thing. It's not. But what we have to be brutally honest about yeah. is we do not want Saudi Arabia Correct. to run into the arms of Russia Correct. for the, secu- the security that we provide. We don't want to push them into worse, uh, worse partners, worse alliances. We have to think about that very clearly. Saudi Arabia and Iran are natural enemies. That's important to us. The stability uh, of, of our relationship with Saudi Arabia is important for that reason. Saudi Arabia is a key partner in fighting ISIS. I mean, there are actual things to worry about that aren't just politics and that aren't just Trump being Trump. It's the same calculus that other administrations from Obama to Bush to Clinton to Bush before him also had to consider. Okay, so am I am I being too Pollyanna about the way things should be? No, you're not. I think that we need to we need to send a strong message. I actually don't think this would have happened the way it did if it wasn't Donald Trump, because of the way he treats journalists, the things that he says about journalists. No, but the, 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 the things he stands to. I mean, he calls them the enemy of the people. And, and by just 
in, in the White no, House. No, but they're, they, 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 don't dismiss it with the, the hurricanes yeah. are, are Donald Trump's fault. A lot there no, is a there is a the big hurricanes. They're not there's a big fault. conversation That's of when the when the president of the United States stands up before the UN or stands up before Saudi Arabia and says we're not here to lecture you. You do what you're going to do in your country. Just don't tell us to do. That is a different position as the United as the leader of the United States than presidents past. Why are we storming into Cuba and and all the Korean other Middle Eastern no, countries? I was just saying that he you know Saudi Arabia. I'm assuming they know that Donald Trump isn't going to do much. They know they listen to the rhetoric. That's the problem of how he's he's projecting, putting himself out there, because as a country, we're not we're not, we don't look like a democracy anymore when with the way Donald Trump talks, the way he speaks and the way the things that he says, you know, and it, and it is it, it is scary. Even our allies are worried about what's happening with this country and how we treat others and what we do with our with our adversaries and our allies. I think it's, I care, it's hang on, careful get, not to get too, too uh, rhetorically hyperbolic about it. Look, journalists have been jailed for decades and I'm centuries. To, but he was this member, but, and we're not doing, we're not responding. We're we don't not know doing yet. anything. We don't know yet. They're paying attention to this in a different yes. way than they have in the past. Harry, I, I, I would yeah. say a few things. Number one, uh, Trump says the quiet parts out loud, which is very different from former presidents, which you either really like or you really don't. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that I'll point out is that Donald Trump came in to the White House as the economic president. He did not have a lot of foreign policy experience. And, or any. Or really any. Um, and so now we're getting a real <laughs> shot of being tested here. And yeah, a lot of other administrations have faced crises, perhaps not this exact, but certain, certainly similar crises. Yeah. In the yeah. And so the question is whether or not he can actually be a president here and actually solve a problem. I'm not sure that he necessarily can. I'm not sure, as has been pointed out by the panel, that there are a lot of options. But I'm Well, not. in the absence of the president stepping up, Congress does say they are going to step up. They're yeah. going to they are going to sanction the Saudis if this is the case, and they're already putting the, make it having the ball rolling on that standby. Standby. <laughs> we got more to come. <laughs> just wait here. This is how the show goes. I just cut people off willy-nilly. From a Supreme Court victory lap to a bizarre Oval Office rant. You have to see to believe. I cannot wait to hear what SE says about this oh. one. The political week that was next. <laughs> Something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. You made a Superman. That was that's my favorite superhero. And you made a Superman cape for me also as a guy that looks up to you, looks up to Ralph Lauren, looks up to American industry guys. Non-political, no put the beep on it, however you want to do it, five seconds delay, and just goes in and gets it done. Yeah, that is how the president ended his week. He started it with he started the week, if you can even imagine it, with a primetime address wearing in his newest Supreme Court justice. And then there is the devastating hurricane that happened that hit the United States in between. So with all of that in mind, what honestly happened? Who even comes out winning this week? And what could the next week bring? Harry, would you like to weigh in on Kanye West and his well, I, performance in the Oval Office well, and what that means. What a performance. I guess President West is well on his way. Does, I, does, I, does Kanye West win the week because he's the only human being in the United States of America who got Donald Trump to sit quietly I for know, like right? 10 I minutes? I, I feel like Jim Brown lost week. Poor yeah. Jim Brown, you know, an epic legend in football <laughs> and civil right rights politics and going, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> Look, I, I think that this is a great job of Trump attracting attention. And more than that, 
You know, I don't think most Republicans, being honest, I don't think most Republican presidents would have a outspoken African-American person in the White House as President Trump did right there. And, you know, if you look at some of the polling data, Trump does actually better than the average Republican among younger African-American men. So this is I, I know that sometimes we're trying to put together, oh, what does Trump actually mean by this? Yeah, I actually thought it was I, we all laughed, but I thought it was decent politics. Green, what happened yeah. in the Oval Office? It was it was really sad, actually. I um, I, I still haven't put my, my thoughts around it, really, and process it all. I don't think you necessarily, I wouldn't I, I, necessarily waste too much time. Yeah, it, I guess not, right? And I, I think Trump got what he wanted. He got a train wreck in, his, in, in the Oval Office. He looked surprised himself, and he really wanted yeah. an African-American presence and someone who is an entertainer. He really um, connects with those types. And, um, you know, somebody said, the, I think somebody, uh, a friend of mine said it the best way. He said, they said that he looked at Kanye West the same way we look at Donald Trump. That is one way to do it. Um, who, if Kanye didn't win the week, Rob, who won the week? Uh, the Republicans, because Why? Kavanaugh was sworn in, so he's now on the bench. Um, you know, unemployment rates, the economy is booming. Um, tell me, and, and and the Democrats are going cuckoo we'll all see over the place. Days. So we'll see where, where I, if you ask about cuckoo. the week, Donald Trump and the Republicans won the week. I feel like I'm going to ask every week, and Rob Astorino is going to say that again. <laughs> I want my goal is to get him to say someone else. I will one some week, Essie, who wins this week? I think they really. I think Republicans really could have, and they were. Obviously, Kavanaugh was a huge bump. I said it jolted the GOP out of a coma, and they needed that going in to yeah. the midterms. You had full employment news. That is that's terrific, and gives Republicans a policy point to talk about for the first time in a long time. But. As is his want to do, I think the president stepped on it because he always opts for the theatrics rather than the good policy news. I think he thinks that's boring. And so you've got people like Paul Ryan uh, mm -hmm. and perhaps Mitch McConnell saying, my God, we only got three days off of this Kavanaugh news yeah. and then Kanye had to come and step on it. I, I, I mean, you can say Trump was pleased with the performance like Kareen. I found it really sad. Yeah. I cringed throughout it. I thought we were watching something really, um, really uh, almost dirty. Like we shouldn't be Ooh, watching this. Yeah. I should not be watching this exploitation yeah. of of uh, of a scenario. But um, you know, at, at, at the same time, I guess you could say Republicans got a lot of eyeballs this week and well, more comments. And I don't know. I, do, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Move on, Kate. Please move on right now. Harry, you're the numbers guy. You I have try, your man. very important new CNN forecast coming well, it's, out. It's my forecast, but yes. Okay, CNN is not allowed to claim it, everyone. No, they are not allowed to claim Only it. Only Harry Entons. Your forecast is launching now about projections about the midterm. What are the numbers telling you at the moment? Well, I think on the Senate side, Republicans did win the week in so far as that we've seen a number of red yeah. states move back into the red column, North, North Dakota, Texas, Tennessee. So in the Senate, mm -hmm. the best projection right now is that Republicans will end up with 52 seats. They only have 51 right now. Mm -hmm. There's a wide margin of error around that. However, you know, we concentrate in the Senate and the judges, you know, and Kavanaugh being confirmed. Mm -hmm. The House is a completely different ballgame where my projection right now is that Democrats end up net gaining more than enough in order to take over that body. At this point, 230, 229, and they only need 218. Again, a wide margin of error, but we are projecting that they gain a majority. Are Democrats losing steam? 
I don't think they're losing steam. I th- what I my biggest concern is GOTV. I want them get to out have the and, yeah, get, sorry. Okay. I want them to get on the ground and really get the voters out. And that's it. And that's the most this important thing. This is the Twenty five my lines. And I and t- and I would tell them ignore the polls. Polls don't vote. People vote. And that's, that's just the pay focus. attention to Harry Enton's forecast. Yeah. And go vote, guys. Great to see you. Thanks so much. That is the State of America this week. Be sure to listen to our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We'll see you back here next week. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.